We want to see you all over on YouTube, so check us out at Backyard Gardens TV to watch our podcasts and other gardening videos. Now that we've gone all the way through the after the harvest, we've planned, we've harvested, we've preserved and cooked and consumed. Now we need to talk about preparing to replant right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We're your hosts, Ben and Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening where we learn to grow and grow for change. All right, everybody, if you'd like to support the show, you know the deal. You can check out the link below for Patreon where you get two extra episodes a month and you can have input in the shows and participate in our community or or and either one. You can go over to YouTube and check out the Backyard Gardens TV website or page and watch the Tuesday videos and all the other videos we have. All you need to do to support us there is just subscribe and watch. That's it. Nice and easy. That being said, we've gone through this whole process, Batavia, and now we're going to think about replanting. All right. So tell me again, where do we start? What was we started with planning out the garden. Mm -hmm. So we've completely planned our garden with the thought of after the harvest in our head. What are we doing after the harvest? Then we've talked about harvesting and different tips and techniques and times and all that stuff. Some vegetables that do better harvesting at different times, some that don't. And then we talked about cooking, eating raw, consuming it. And we did a lot about preserving. So this in my mind would be the final step before we rinse and repeat. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Right? Because, I mean, that's kind of what you do. You just rinse and repeat, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This kind of feels like, you know, starting the cycle over again, right? You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is. So, I mean, what do you think about, do you think a lot of people just grow in the summer and then they're done? Or do you think there's a good majority of people out there that kind of, go into the next season, the next crop, what have you, just kind of keep it going as long as possible? So I don't know the answer. Um, I don't know the truth, but you asked what I think. And for a long, long time, I thought people were like one and done. But I think that was highly influenced on the way I garden and the way that kind of people around me that I knew gardened, gardened. Um, And so my garden world has been opened up quite a bit. Right. In these last few years. And so I'm seeing something that contradicts that idea. If I had to guess, which you're not making me, but I'm going to. I believe the majority of gardeners garden in probably the the summer season, whenever that is for them and where they are. Um, And then I do believe there's a healthy amount of, of folks that are in early, early spring, you know, through later in the year um, and as their climate allows. Just going as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. If there's yeah, an opportunity to grow, they're growing. I agree with that. And if they if people aren't doing that, I believe that the desire is there to do so. Now, I'm not going to say that for everyone. 
because I do believe that this is like um I'm trying to think of a, a hobby for some, but a hobby that, yeah. you know, it's there's a season for it. You know, it's like cycling, right? You know, so if you enjoy outdoor cycling in particular and you live in an area where, you know, weather is inclement, you know, I, I know some folks that get out and the weather is rough in, in cycling, but I don't know anyone that's like, you know, a foot of snow in January in Chicago. Right. So there's a time period for it. Right. Um. And so I think the same goes. Now, I do believe outdoor work in your, you know, in or near your home, that probably is a longer period of time for people, even if they're not growing anything, you know, whether it's spring projects, fall projects and so on. I can get on board with that. Yeah, I can get on board with that. I think that's a safe assumption. Yeah. But if you're not doing so, then this is the episode for you because we are going to help you to do so and if you are keeping the after the harvest mantra going on this may help you to continue to plan elsewise so you know we talked a lot last week about tomatoes being you know people leaving tomatoes on just to get those last two tomatoes of the season you know and this is where we're going to kind of maybe stretch our minds a little bit and kind of possibly work towards defeating that thought and producing a lot more in a more effective manner, mm-hmm. should we say, you mm-hmm. know, a realistic approach, mm-hmm. you know, because in the past I had been one of those and I still do. I always leave a plan or two just to make sure, but I would go through and then finally when we would get our cold snap and then they would go, then I'd be like, okay, well let me go plant something else really quick. But that doesn't really work out for me. What are you counting? Tomatoes. Go ahead. I'm listening. So it just, it never really worked out for me because then it would just, you know, once it starts to get cold or cool, then it, the ball just rolls downhill. And for some people, it's much faster than the others. For me, I can have a lot of rebound and bouncing. Yeah. So it's not as bad. But for you, for instance, once you get that first freeze. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's done, right? You know, so yeah. um, some peppers could like, if, if you get a freeze or a, let's say a frost, today and then you didn't get your peppers off the plant some peppers will be okay tomorrow but if another frost or freeze comes through tomorrow man that's all um, she wrote i there is a point and because it's been a journey which is one of my least favorite terms but i'm gonna use it here it's been a journey for me with gardening i can remember times where you know the excitement of it it comes and it goes right so i'm in like early mid even late october like I only had one or two tomato plants, you know, and so who knows if they were sick or not, how much they're producing. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind by this time. You know, yeah. my garden experience is very different now than in those years. So, I mean, I'm sure I've had times where I've gotten probably more closer to Thanksgiving and I still have plants in the ground, like summer plants that I just had right. to go back around to clean up, you know. So um, I now do that's different. Yeah, well, no, I, I guess I mean, speaking to the point of like, who are the people that are one and done? I'm done because, you know, there's some reasons why, but I'm just not as interested in it as I was in August, you know? Yeah, usually when we start getting our cooler weather or we get close to it, I kind of get a, a, another push 
And I get excited because now I'm going to a whole different crop. You know, it's like in the beginning of the season this year, I stated that, you know, we weren't going to grow any more turnips because we were just tired of eating them. Mm -hmm. But after a couple months of not doing that, now we kind of get back into that mode and we're like, okay, let's try this. Let's, let's see what we can get. Yeah. You, um, you've told me before, you think I could have a kick-ass spring garden and I still don't know if that's true. Um, but I have counter that and said I think it's really fall but I have you know complained on here before about how I lose steam by the time I get to and it's been consistent I'm losing steam by the time I get there Um, and I have great plans in my head about how to power through you know shoot I'm powering through right now but how to power through because I have visions of kind of what did and didn't happen in spring and I can see like the place I want to get to I can see that happening in the fall but I have to put in the time and the work right I have to make some decisions that would be tough for me just based on the way that I've gardened over the years Um, but I could see the reward right you know Um, and it's taken a couple of years to be able to try a few different things to figure it out like if I had never had things in my garden in November that I could harvest and eat I probably would be more hard pressed to say I'm tired in October. Well, actually, let's take that back. I'm tired in August because the reality is if if I'm getting things out of my garden in November, I need to be planting them coming up pretty soon. Right. You know? yeah. so, but I think that my experience with, you know, and, and sometimes it's just some leafy greens, which is just fine. or some root crops that I'm pulling out of my garden. It's like, yeah, man, like this is really happening for me, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it gives you a new lease of excitement. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, not a new lease of life, but you know, a new, a new push, let's say. And, it's one of those things too where you won't know until you try it. Yeah. But you have to you have to go at it a little bit more measured than just haphazardly. You don't have to, but the results come out a lot better if you're not haphazardly planting stuff and going in and out like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it depends on the gardener because I can think about if you've had a garden, you know, at least for summer, maybe even for spring, maybe some like the excitement of the first peas and, you know, in the spring is very different than, oh, I have another head of lettuce in October. (laughs) Wow. Right. You know, so I definitely get that. Um, But the key is, again, you've ideally started that work earlier. Right. And the sweet spot of the fall is your pests have died down, died, you know, died back. It's a little bit easier work maintaining, at least in my experience for my fall. Um, So and it's a little bit easier, like you you have limited choices. You kind of know what you're going to be planting or not. You know, um, yeah. there seem to be so many more options in the spring, right? You know, so I think that I mean, I'm I'm already looking forward to fall, and I'm trying, really trying to live in the moment and, and experience and enjoy this. But I'm just like, man, I'm ready for it. Truth be told, I I prefer the summer gardens better than the fall gardens, just because there's a lot more variety. But that doesn't mean that I don't get excited about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just yeah. it's a little bit. It's like a and then there's a little bit of like sadness that comes along too because you know that at some point you're basically be done. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even though I'm in zone 8A and I can grow 
almost all year round, there's going to be a period in the winter for about a month where I don't even need to walk out into my garden. As long as it's getting watered, that's all I care about, you know, otherwise it's just barely looking to see for pests and stuff like that because the cold is set in, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to get those cool days, things are going to happen. So it's, it's tough because you know that that's coming and then that can kind of help bring that little bit of sadness, but it can also bring a sense of urgency and then that can cause us to kind of veer from our plans. So in this episode, we're going to talk about, you know, at the time of your heart, when you harvest, what's the next thought that needs to go through your head mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what's the next action that you need to take? Because there are a certain amount of steps to take and a thought process that will, that, you know, I use that really works and Batavia uses mm-hmm. that works for her and she's still working out with everybody. I mean, look, it's not been quite three years. We're coming up on it. So yeah. You know, she's hammering it out, but it's she's been very successful from what I've seen. And I can see the change over the years in your garden as well of how you're approaching it. So, you know, thinking these ways is going to help us moving forward. So I'm that so being glad said, we're going to the break because you hit the button, man. <laughs> yeah. My eyes are welling up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad so you see, you've seen me. It's so good to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> So let's uh, let's take this break, then we're going to come back, and we are going to really unhash this. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck. Do I need to just ramble for a minute so you can get over it? I think so. Okay. (laughs) I'll do that. Everybody hold your horses. Here we go. No, seriously. So... Well, I, let me think- let me let me share. Um, so, and this is um, because we're doing garden updates in a different way now. So I don't have that form of therapy. So I'll let me share this quickly. I am tired. Our garden updates are going on Patreon, yeah, by the exactly. way. Exactly. So it's it's you won't get a chance to work through this with me, right? Unless you're over there. Um, so I'm going to give you a taste of like you know classic Batavia when it comes to midsummer. I'm tired, right? You know I know all of this work is worth it, but it's it's a long road, and I am so blessed to have a space both in my backyard with my direct neighbors, and then in the front yard with a lot of strangers and then some neighbors to you know to chat up people to have an opportunity for people to be you know surprised and enjoy what I do right um, but there's so many times and that you're you're alone in the garden right and you and yeah. I talk so often we talk about so many different things beyond gardening but so many different things specific to gardening and no matter what you see, how many pictures, how many videos, how many comments, how many people that are like, you know, running into another car trying to pull over, you know, to talk about your garden, no matter how much, they're the moments that like right before this break where you're reminded, like not only if not only what you're doing is working, you can actually see someone else is seeing the growth in it. 
So a passerby can just see, oh, wait, there are no sunflowers this year, right? You know, I'm like, yeah, they're coming, you know, but someone that um, that knows you more intimately and knows your garden more intimately can see like the vision that you've set forth, maybe not exactly the vision, but the vision you set forth creates change in your space, right? And that's noticed. So that's why I appreciate um, you mentioning that. And that's the reason why it hit it hit me all in, in the softies. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, so wait, <clears> we've... Need to... All right. Okay, I'm good now. Clear it up. Clear it up. <laughs> so we've started most of these conversations, if not all of them, with tomatoes. So I don't want to break the trend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when your tomatoes are wrapping up, and you're starting to get there, you know, there, there's multiple ways you can do it. You know, we are big advocates of starting your own seeds. So there's that, but you know, transplants or direct sowing, what have you, but think about what am I going to put in its place? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? And for me, what I always put in its place, is I put lettuce in its place, mm-hmm. you know, cause I can still, while it's still hot out, they'll shade it out a little bit. They'll keep them cool. So they don't bolt as fast. And it, I can continue to harvest a little bit of my tomatoes, you know, let them get, at, at minimum get a couple more green ones before I get in there. But you really need to go in and just say, okay, the, it's done. This is done. You know, it's September now. The, the days are running lower. We're getting less and less light. Mm-hmm. There's less time. It's getting cooler. These plants are done. And you have to be able to make that decision. And I've been accused of being brutal in my garden and I've been scoffed at about how I treat it, but that's the method that works for me. Yeah. You know? And so it's, it's always thinking ahead. And I mean, I don't even know if we should have called this the after the harvest. We should have just called this the planning series (laughs) because this is what it's all about is just like continuously planning ahead. Right. Mm -hmm. I, um, so I'm going to say all these things as if they're net new, right? You know, or just put the disclaimer on. I've probably said some of these things here and there before. Uh, so the tomatoes, one of the things I've learned as a part of, you know, being in my garden and growing, um, I didn't realize early on when I would grow tomatoes, however many plants, one or two or three or whatever have you, I didn't realize that the like i didn't understand like the way that the plant grew right the way the fruit set yeah the way the fruit like i didn't pay close attention to how much time from the flower to the point of i have like an actual formed tomato to the point of actually it's ripening and not only did i not pay attention to that i didn't consider what influences that it's kind of like a tomato plant is alive from this date to this date there's an opportunity to produce fruit, you know, but over the last probably six or seven years, I've paid more close attention to it. And then the last two or three years, I mean, I've gotten more scientific with it when it comes to certain temperatures. And some of this is just visual. Like I can look back and see October. These plants look the same. The whole month of October, they look the same, right? You know, so that's a whole 30 day period that I'm holding on to before my average first frost, which is the end of October. I think I saw a new map that said something like November 1st. But anyway, that's it's really important because although we talk about expecting frost and there's some tender things that will be impacted by it, it doesn't mean that things are going to grow at the same speed, if you will. Right. You know, there there isn't that same quantity. I'm going to actually walk that thing back to September. I'm not going to remember it, but I hope that I do. I really want to like 
study one of my plants from September 1 to September 30th to see how much is changing. Because my plan is to pull some things out in September, but I may leave at least one there to see how much it really changes. Because who knows if if it's worth my while to have plants tomatoes as an example in my garden at all in September you know other than the idea of if I get it all off the plant right now then it's a lot of work to deal with but I just don't know if there are many more gains and that's in addition to how many more do you want or need you know well that's the thing too and you know last year for instance I had these amazing indeterminate tomatoes that just got huge Mm -hmm. and the bed that they were in typically gets a couple hours less sunlight than my other beds. And I noticed come about September that they really weren't producing anything. It was just green foliage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, you know, I would start getting a couple tomatoes here and there, but nothing major. So I went through and I actually removed my tomatoes early last year. And the reason why I bring that up is because, you know, we revolve around the sun And so as we get farther away, Mm -hmm. you get less sun. But I noticed that because after about two weeks of it just sitting there and there was no new flowers, there was, you know, and if there was, there was very few and far between. Mm -hmm. I mean, at this point, what am I growing? You know what I mean? I'm not really growing a tomato. (laughs) I'm growing like tomato foliage. And there's and it still the opportunity for th- that plant to get some disease, right? Well, and see, that's the other thing, too, is then it's starting to get disease and it's setting mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So I pulled it early. But what I did beforehand is, I, like I said, I planted my lettuce and I planted turnips underneath it to give it some time while I still waited because it's not going to hurt anything. You know what I mean? Like logistically, did you just cut the plant or did you actually pull it out of the ground? Because when you say I cut the plant, I always cut. Yeah. I always leave the roots in yeah. if they're not damaged or anything or disease. I always leave the roots in because they'll break down over time. Yeah. And mine are and, not. It's not that way. So I always pull mine. And it's basically I like the aesthetic of the clean slate as well. And the reason why I ask is that doesn't work if you already have planted something near it you know you're likely going to pull up whatever that seed is or that seedling is I was trying to look back and um, I think the reason why this is one of my favorites as far as this series goes is I have been as you again mentioned earlier on you can see some of the progress and that can mean any number of things you know you can see the change in my garden so I was looking back to see I pulled a couple of tomato plants pretty early one because it was sick and another because again it was it was basically done right and the key though is and I'm glad I did that last year because I don't have to worry about like I need to see what it feels like to do it right but I didn't plant anything in its place which is exactly where we are when it comes to this episode, right? Yeah. So the only thing I gained there was, you know, again, I didn't make any other plants sick because that plant was pulled out, right? But I also um, got that work from a maintenance perspective off my plate, you know? So again, a single plant has been pulled. And don't get me wrong, like the, the, the time adds up. But the best use of that time would have been to drop something else in. And if I was pulling that plant sometime in September, let's call it, um, I could have direct sowed some seeds, you know, but that's the struggle I have. I haven't come up with a plan. And so now I'm kind of like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And I started to procrastinate. And then it's October 15th, you know. Well, you got to start thinking, too, is like, okay, what's the next thing I can grow? Mm -hmm. You know, is there another 
you know, warm weather crop that I can sneak in real quick and get a quick harvest off of? Do I need to transition completely over to my cool weather crops? Do I need to, um, I mean, in all honesty, just let it rest mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not do anything, you know, because there's always that method as well, which, you know, a lot of people can say, oh, well, if I took it, I, I let it rest because it needed to. And when in reality, it didn't need to rest, mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. an excuse not to plant something. And that's okay. If that's your MO, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But there is that much. So like this year, the two beds that I planted heavily last winter, I'm going to, I'm going to let rest this year. And I'm actually thinking about doing my, almost my entire winter garden in my wild garden. I'm thinking about, I'm not totally mm-hmm. sold on it, but it gets most of the sunlight in the winter time. So I feel like if I amend the beds correctly, then I may be able to do that because that's also something that we need to think about too at this time is, okay, I'm going to replant, but I've used the soil. I've drained it. I need to replenish it. I need to amend the beds. I need to put compost in. I need to fertilize it, you know, whatever, whatever. Those are the things that we need to be thinking about too, because while you're waiting for something to finish, you can already start that process. You don't have to wait until you pull it up and you should be able to start it because if you're doing things correctly, you should be able to get in around a lot of these plants and work around them without really messing with the plant too much. You know, they should be trimmed from the bottom up, stuff like that. Yeah. I'm looking at an example here. I found it, uh, I can't tell exactly when, but by September the 7th, I'm looking at a space in my garden in the cage, maybe where I had pulled a tomato plant. And interestingly enough, that same week, so the very first week of September, I planted out uh, mustards. It was mm-hmm. in a different space. I planted out spinach and I uh, direct sowed spinach seeds, mustard seeds, as well as radishes. Right. Again, not in this space, but that already gives and all of those did well last year so from september call it september 5th right all of those produced food that i was able to harvest and consume that same year um and now i have a great example of types of things that can be grown the year before i planted out transplants of lettuce september the 11th um and so again that lettuce took me through November-ish, you know, and yeah. so what I need to do is my calculations for how many people I'm going to give lettuce to for Christmas. That'll determine how much I'm going to yeah. <laughs> how much I'm going to be planting this fall. Um, but this, okay, now looking back at your full garden, so take a step back, you know, from just the tomato plant and look at your full garden and what you have in that space in your kind of August time frame. if we kind of talk about where we are right now. And the question becomes, or maybe we're closer to September, I'm not quite sure. Um, And the question becomes, what things do you plan on uh, harvesting when? And then what's the replant strategy for those spaces? Yeah. Right. You know. So, like, for instance, this year, I did not plant my carrots very heavily in the spring. Because I want, I've, I noticed that I had a couple holdovers from the fall mm-hmm. and they were just beautiful. The mm-hmm. ones that I pulled up were just beautiful. So I was like, okay, maybe fall is a better time for me to sow my carrots mm-hmm. and really get a jump start in the season. So I'm growing soybeans and when they are harvestable, 
depending on when they come up, you know, this is my first year doing that. You know, we talked about that last episode a little bit. I'm either going to, and this is, I'm, I'm a little bit of a predicament. So I ran out of seeds because I sowed all of them. So I need, I need to save a couple seeds and I'm going to try and just save them off the plant and then replant them and try and get another harvest and then go back behind, amend those beds and then plant the carrots right there in that spot mm-hmm. afterwards. And then they can sit there throughout the winter and grow. Now that's me because of the way I can grow. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's my plan. Like I've thought about that because I'm like, okay, when these things start to grow, I can grow them and they can be ready for me early spring and I can start harvesting a lot earlier because for me in the spring, there can be almost two months where I'm not really harvesting much out of my garden. It's just growing, mm-hmm. you know, and so I need to figure out a way. And this is part of my strategy is figuring out a way to plant some harvesting sooner and not having this big gap in between. Right. Yeah. The big decision for me kind of along these kind of replanting lines is where do I want my primary space to be for the fall heading into winter garden? And I'm talking about I'm going as far as using things like I have covers prepared, you know, like row covers prepared. And so these are going to be cool weather crops I'm talking about. Right. And so I have two spaces well, I mean, plainly put, it's the backyard or the front yard could be used for this. And I'm inclined to say the front yard absolutely is going to get more sun, period, at any time during the year. So that makes sense. Right. You know, and so I think I'll be I'll be stretching myself a bit too thin if I try to kind of um, create a strategy where I'm replanting every space. Right. Yeah. Um, and instead, I need to hone in on because this is going to be new for me. Right. Like having a full on plan to um, to replant. And by the time you guys hear this, you know, whatever I have planned will be like being put into action. Um, But as we're recording this, I'm thinking this through and I've been thinking about this basically since last year sometime right you know and well we got two more years well no let me i've been thinking about (laughs) (laughs) the idea of the front yard could actually i could get more out of it than i thought i could but the idea of you i mean as long as you've known me i've wanted to harvest food in winter right you know and this is this is beyond the bigger dream of growing food in winter, but that's going to require some additional uh, monies and some additional structures. And I'm not ready to commit to that just yet. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing too, is you're taking into account your row covers Mm -hmm. and whatever other methods you're using in order to extend your season, Mm -hmm. which is a whole new subject. Mm -hmm. But just thinking about that, you're able to make your plan because I'm like you, I plant mine, you know, my garden is basically fully planted by the middle of May. And then by the middle of June, I'm probably replanting some things maybe. And then at that point, I've already thought to myself, okay, this is what's going to go here next. Mm -hmm. This is what I want to grow. This is what I was successful at. And I found, I'm going to tie in everything right here. (laughs) I found other uses for it. So for example, our cabbage, we found that we make sauerkraut and we can it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then, so now I know, okay, let me grow a bumper crop of cabbage so I can have enough 
sauerkraut to last me and I want to eat it fresh and I want to eat it in salad. So now I have multiple ways to do it. So I'm already thinking when this comes up, the first things I need to do is I need to, to figure out what crops need to go in and have the most time. So for instance, I've stated on the last episode, and I hope you guys can congratulate me just somewhat, that I was able to harvest um, miniature Brussels sprouts last year. So that rejuvenated me into thinking, okay, let me get them in a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Let me get them in a little bit earlier. And so each year it's going to be a little bit more. And as we speak right now, I'm like, okay, I need to hang this up. And then I need to go start my seeds Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because I'm still on my path of not buying any seedlings, but I need to do that. And so I'm looking at my garden thinking, okay, where is this Brussels sprout going to go? Where is the spot for it? Right? So spoiler alert, I have garlic that is just about ready to be harvested. That may be a very good place for it because in the summertime it'll be shady. Mm -hmm. So it'll be cooler. And then I can get them in. I have like three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight square feet. So I can fit eight plants in there roughly, you know, six plants and fit them in there and have them growing. And then I can do, I can look at my other garden. And so in the fall, I'm a little bit more scatterbrained about it because at this point you are kind of plugging and playing Mm -hmm. a little bit. You're like, Mm -hmm. okay, here's a gap here. What can I put here? What's available? I have a time constraint. You know, cabbages take a longer time. I've stated on the show before that my cabbages will grow and then winter will come and then they will stop and they will just sit and then they'll start growing again. So maybe I want to try and beat that and say, okay, I want them. I want to get a harvest before they stop growing and then have some that are still kind of holding their space for the spring. So I'm, I'm thinking ahead at this point and trying to figure out where are these things going to go. Yeah, and that's really and that's that's really it's a it's a challenge. And speaking of the difference in our climate, remember earlier this year I had talked about, oh my gosh, spring came and a cabbage transplant that I put into the garden last fall, guess what? It's producing new leaves. That thing bolted like, you know, some track star. Uh, so I was I thought it would produce an actual head of cabbage. But when you kind of think about the way that that vegetable plant works you know it's uh biennial as well here we are um so that's fine but i think that that's just a good example of kind of our different climates i don't i don't want to um miss the opportunity to talk about and like you said maybe there's some quick producing summer crops but there could be some quick producing um you know even cool weather crops i did a lot of which yeah i think it's just the cutest thing it's the um it's mescaline mix so basically it's one of those mixed green salads you know i hate mescaline yeah i know i know i did too until i was successful growing it and that changed my mind um and so i put them into um i had some flowers some annual flowers that died out in the um the railing planters, you know, those are pretty small. Yeah. And so they had died out. And, you know, in my goal of having kind of a clear space as the season wraps up, I pulled the flowers out because, again, they were out unsightly as well. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to put some more soil in here and drop some seeds And I mean, in under 30 days. Right. You know, so I started at the beginning of September 
And it's not going to feed, you know, an army or anything, but depending on how much you, you plant of it, I guess. But that's an example of something that, again, there was something planted there. I replanted something else and it produced something quickly that I was able to enjoy something different that I had not enjoyed in quite some time for my garden. It was probably the first lettuce that I had, if not the only lettuce last fall. I did a terrible job at coming back in around with kind of my um, my cool weather plants at the end of the year. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to find some um, some kale transplants, which really did me well. And I still had some other things growing. But that's, again, why this conversation is so important. It gives me an opportunity and I hope others start thinking about, you know, there's so many possibilities, which five, six, seven years ago, I didn't realize there were as many possibilities when it comes to the end of whatever your normal garden season is. And that's that's one reason why we talk about starting seeds so much. And we, I mean, honestly, I, we may be a little pushy about it, but it's so important because you can set your own time schedule then. You're not dependent on anybody mm. for that. So, like, I know that if I want to have a chance at my Brussels sprouts... I need to have them in the ground by mid-July. You know, I can't buy those in Mm -hmm, mm mid-July anywhere. mm -hmm. So, I'm already at a deficit because of that. You know, I'm already hindered by what's offered to me. So, you know, and it's the same with the lettuce. Like, I can, you know, I've never grown a full bed of lettuce. And I'm thinking this year I may actually just do that. And where it's like, you, you know, you start lettuce, you know, I start two six packs I wait two weeks and I start two more six packs and then I wait two weeks and I start two more and I just Mm -hmm. keep doing that and keep rinse and repeating and getting it out there and keep planting it and then you're going to have lettuce throughout you know your growing season of whenever you can harvest it at different stages so I'm not getting flush with the lettuce and that's part of when I pull up those tomatoes or I pull up something else and I mm-hmm. already have that going. And yeah. at the same time, I can drop some seasons. So that's like, that's my plan for that. You know, um, radishes is another good thing that people kind of sleep on is they, they grow fast. Mm-hmm. You can get a heart. You can harvest them young. You can eat the greens on them. You know, we talked about that last uh, episode. We didn't even bring up radishes, but that is a multi-use crop. Absolutely that you can do and then the benefit of that is you can leave them in for the winter and then collect the seeds next year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, you I know have. what i mean so i'm waiting for my i'm actually any day now i should be able to go out and get my seeds and I, i've definitely sacrificed a small portion of my garden mm-hmm. but the benefit is because i can plant them so close together that it doesn't take i can get a lot out of a small space and so you can plant your you know and that's what I did last year is I planted rows and rows and rows of radishes and turnips and I just ran out of the gumption to eat it all. You know what I mean? It's just like, ugh, God, not another one. But I had it available if I needed it. Yeah. And that was super important. And I had made that space. And last year I was really like, because those tomatoes messed up the way they did, I actually did very well over the winter because I was able to pull them out so early. I think that, um, and it's easier than like all of this thought we're saying you need to put into it. It's it's easier than that. Uh, you know yourself better than we do as a gardener, right? And so, um, again, we're not necessarily saying you need to plant out 
or replant your entire summer or your entire spring garden again, wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this, right? You don't need to duplicate everything. Um, no. And you probably don't have the space to do it because my guess is you probably still have some other things growing, right? Um, right. And so the idea is, you know, use things like what did you really enjoy, but you felt like you could have had more of, right? Use that as a method. What are the quick things quick turn things you can get, get some satisfaction off out of you know be realistic in how much steam do you feel like you have will replanting some things re-energize you right do you really want to be winding this thing down which is okay you know um you know x number of years ago i probably would have if i would have thought to do it i probably would have just been satisfied with putting some more lettuce in and it'd be great because i'd have those final tomatoes that i pulled off the plant on october 29th you know that are still ripening yeah. right i'd have some lettuce from my my garden to to enjoy that with you know so i think those are are the things that we need to consider when we talk about kind of replanting um the one thing that i'm still trying to figure out if really works in my climate i feel like it has to i just haven't gotten the timing right is fall peas like sweet peas Join the club. <laughs> so the packaging, I think it says something like August, September, like re-sow the seeds. And I've tried it like two or three years, at least two years, and a big old flop. You know, now it it, it, it could be the gardener because, you know, I can kind of think about where I'm replanting them. Something's pulled out of my garden and maybe it's not the sunniest spot. Maybe the other plants that are still around it, we're shading it out. But I'd love to be able to have some sweet peas um, in the fall. That's the thing that I, I was actually going to bring that up because I have some tomatoes growing on my cattle panel mm-hmm. trellis and, and they're not doing like I thought they would. I don't know what's going on. But I was thinking, too, is like, what can go there? Like, what goes next as trellising? And, you know, in the wintertime, it's kind of obvious. It's like, okay, let's do, um, let's do peas. So, it's, it's again, it's that thing of when do I start the peas? Mm-hmm. And when do I pull the tomato plant? And, you know, my, my plan moving forward is I have two plans. One is either I'm going to plant another tomato in its space and... So I can specifically see if there's like something going on with the soil, mm-hmm. which I just added this year. So it shouldn't be. It could be a watering issue that I have. I don't know what's going on. But in between those plants, I can put and drop a pea in. And as long as it's getting sun and it's not getting too spindly, I see no issue in leaving the tomatoes there for as long as possible. Because you know, the second you remove those tomato plants, mm-hmm. if sunlight is the issue, that gets fixed immediately. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it had to have been August or September last year. I planted them alongside of the cattle panel, and I'm pretty sure I had removed either cucumber or melon plants. But if I think back, and this is just relying on my memory, which can be kind of sketchy, there were still pepper plants in front of it. So if you think about kind of, I have a long bed, the bed has two rows that are going sideways, right? So the first row had a pepper plant, the second row had a pepper plant, and then basically the trellis is connected to that part of the bed. So I put some peas down. I remember actually sowing them multiple times. Um, And while there's room on the trellis, Right. You know, there wasn't as much room, you know, from the soil line up. So I don't know if that was a story. But again, 
I am going to try something different this year. And those previous attempts kind of have further informed me, although I still don't know what the real issue is. Um, and there's some varieties. And again, while it's advertised to say it grows well in your area from this time to this time, you know, kind of the where you put it, you know, some varieties are more accurate than others to that time frame. Um, so it takes sometimes some, um, you know, tries and fails to figure it out. Yeah, and that's that's a good point too. Is don't be afraid to try mm-hmm. and fail. You know, because each. I mean, it, it's like if I didn't do that, then I would never have had the experience of eating my micro Brussels sprouts. You know, and it's in. <laughs> it's important though because that's how you learn. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we said it in the last show, but I'm gonna say it again. You can't learn everything from listening to us and reading on the internet and watching videos and going on Instagram. You can't. You're gonna yeah. have to try stuff, and that's really important. Agreed. I uh, earlier this this summer, I grew corn for the second time this year. Last time was the first time, and earlier on. And so as I grow things, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy, I want to understand how quickly it germinates and I want to understand what it looks like when it germinates. Right. Uh And so there are a bunch of plants that look exactly the same, you know, Um, but corn isn't one of them. It pops up and looks just kind of like a greenish yellowish stick yellow depending yeah. on how much sun it you know is struggling to get and then it starts to kind of look like this cylinder this little circle almost like a flower um, plant more so than an actual vegetable and so i was searching the interweb like what does it look like when it germinates right like i'm trying to prepare myself for what to expect and it, it was the pickings were slim when it came to people that shared it so i ended up doing a short video where at least it's someplace on the interweb you may be able to search and come across my video um, but when i i think about you're planting this thing and you're back to your garden walks if you stop them you kind of have to be paying attention because your window of time is shorter now right you know so you want to make sure that you're sowing seeds if that's what you're doing and perhaps re-sowing right you don't have that many more at bats if we were at the end of the season you know right and that's where going into it with a plan helps Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know it's like when i planted my potatoes i knew that they would go out in june Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I planted my corn behind that, I still had time to get a harvest of corn. And I also know that at the same time, I can come back behind it and I can put collards or kale in its place and have those growing throughout the winter because they're all very frost hardy. So I knew at the time of planting, that was like my game plan, you know, because that's something that also um, a slight issue I've been having when I make these these garden plans and my aggressive style of gardening where it's just like, you know, succession sowing, mm-hmm. replanting, you know, and making these plans is I run out of things to grow. Like I legit just like I can't think of anything else to put in the ground here. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had that and that was a big thing this year. And that's why. If everything goes good, I'm going to have a bunch of corn because I was like, you know what? I've got a bunch of corn. Let me go like all in yeah. right now. You know what I mean? And that's okay because one, I will get to see two things. I'll, I planted them in opposite beds and opposite places. So I'll see which one grows better than the other. I'll get a harvest of corn, obviously, but I was able to fill that gap. And so I, I have plants that I use to fill gaps. Mm-hmm, I have mm-hmm. specific plants that I fall back on. One of them's um, zucchinis and squashes, mm-hmm. um, maybe corn 
for now. I don't know. I've used carrots in the past. These are like my gap fillers. Like, hey, I've got a space. Yeah. When I grew bush beans, which now I've replaced those with soybeans, mm-hmm. and I will no, never say bush bean out of my mouth again. <laughs> Actually, I will, but I use those because they would come quick. You know, they just pop up. So those are really good crops to be able to add in to fill these gaps mm-hmm. because you don't want to walk out in your garden and say like, Hey, I did the best I could, but I've got this huge gap here. Let me, you want to have an idea of what to put there, but that experience over time has taught me that these are the crops to use just like in the winter time. It's lettuce, turnips, and radishes. Those are my gap fillers, you know, and now I'm going to add carrots to it. And then I bet chart the- would do well too as a filler. Chard is a good mm-hmm. filler too. Yeah, I've used chard as well. Anything that's small, I use as a filler. Um, parsnips is another thing because I have to start those early in the summer because they take 21 days to germinate, just like carrots. <laughs> it takes forever. So it's the same thing as I look at a space in my garden and I say, okay, where can I add that? So when I pull my radishes out that are going to seed, I'm putting parsnips in their space. You know, and I'll probably end up having multiple patches of parsnips throughout my garden this year, which I'm okay with Mm -hmm. because they're going to be space fillers. But that is part of my plan for getting ready for the replant is to come back and do that. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, because, you know, we're not twisting your arm here, folks. Right. So I am. this whole talk is around people that want to continue to grow things, people yeah. that want to maximize their, their space, you know, want to get the most out of their space. Um, and so these are ways to do that. Right. Um, I think I kind of feel like and this is not my official scientific answer because I don't have one. I kind of feel like in a single growing year. So if we go from your spring to, <clears throat> you know, early to mid to even late fall, I, I think you're okay with planting in those spaces repeatedly. I think it's okay that if there's, if the soil isn't resting, I think that's fine. Right. You know, um, am I going to put another handful or two of compost when I plant some things in the fall? Maybe. You know, depending on what was growing there before, how heavy of a feeder, as they say, the thing that was growing there before was, you know, maybe not, depending on what it is. Um, so, you know, if this is your jam, then, you know, come on and jump on the train with us. I think that for sure, I know I won't regret trying to plant something out in August or September once I get to January. I, I'm not going to regret looking back and saying, well, I wish I wouldn't have planted more food. You know? Yeah. But I for sure will say, gosh, you know, I could have actually added this thing if I do nothing. Well, and that's the thing, too, is, you know, I am adding malt, um, compost to all of my beds after I pull something up, no matter what, mm-hmm. even if I'm not going to replant, I'm always putting compost back in and then I'm always going to mulch for the winter as well. So, um, you know, and even, and even in, if it's, you know, let's say it's July and I pulled something up, I'm still going to do that mm-hmm. because it's always, you're always preparing your bed for the next round. It may be the next week you plant something. It may be the mm-hmm. next month or the next year. It doesn't matter. I'm always going to give it that time because the bare soil, it doesn't work out well. It's always going to be eaten up with some kind of weed or something that's trying to take over. And that's another reason why I went heavy on the corn because I didn't want that bare soil. You know what I mean? 
for Memorial Day, I had the absolute worst ear of corn. About like it was like three ears for like a freaking dollar or something, or no three. It was like three years for two dollars crazy prices so and i got the the corn home and the first ear i put i think i put on the grill long and short of it it was terrible second ear terrible third ear i'm just like you know i'm just throwing this out you know i hate to do that but i'm like this is just not good yeah and so i went out when that happened i sold more corn because i'm just like i remember when corn used to be good good and sweet you know and that ain't what I had, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm hoping that um, I have a good harvest for corn and that it's it, as enjoyable because we know how sometimes there's uh, garden grown vegetables that you know are just okay, where there's some garden grown vegetables that are hands down ten times better than whatever you're gonna buy from a store. So that's why we're going corn. I'm not sure how that's gonna be, but we're we're gonna find out. Yep. So look, let's do this. Let's go to a break, and then we're going to come back. And I think Miss Batavia's got a bomb recipe today. I just I have this sneaking suspicion. No so diggity. everybody hold tight. No doubt. Because <laughs> it's time for the recipe of the day. If you like growing food, then you might like eating food. And if you like eating food, then you might like cooking food. Well, go check out the first season of Backyard Kitchen available on Tubi for free. Available on all smart TVs and online. That's T-U-B-I. All free first season of Backyard Kitchen. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show. So thank you so much in advance and we hope you enjoy. We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram and we will share it with our listeners. Okay, so I had to check to see. I'm giving you an action item. I want you to add the Ball Complete Book of Home Preserving that has a list of jars, of row of jars on them. 400 delicious and creative recipes for today. We already have on the Amazon list a Ball book, but I want to make sure this one's added so people can get this specific recipe. Bruschetta in a jar. I mentioned this episode during this series and I said, you know, I I made it last year. I haven't tried it yet. So I tried it that evening and you want to talk about what has now been, I mean, it may be my new favorite. So, you know, my favorite is the roasted uh, pepper sauce that I freeze. This is so close. So two things quickly before I get into the recipe, um, I mean, it's gonna. You gonna put it on bread. It's gonna be good, right? I'm not. I don't like the kind of the, the French baguette, like how hard and crunchy it is when most times you you order bruschetta. Um, so I just use garlic bread because that's how I roll. Um, and then as I was sitting there, I thought I'm gonna add this to my salad, kind of as a air quote fresh tomato. I started calculating how many jars I would need to get me through the winter so I wouldn't have to buy tomatoes, right? So I I don't know how that's going to work out, but all right. So the only thing that's not necessarily classic is, and maybe this does go into the regular one. uh, The ingredients are garlic, dry white wine, white wine vinegar is, I'm not sure if that's the classic ingredient, but definitely don't skip it. Water, granulated sugar, dried basil, dried oregano, balsamic vinegar, 
and then plum tomatoes. So again, it's in the ball canning book. This is absolutely something that I'm going to say I water bath can, which the recipe calls for. Um, you, I'm not going to go through the instructions on how to water bath can. If, if you're not familiar with it, there are plenty of opportunities online and even on Backyard Garden TV on Instagram where we walk through that. Uh, so you're going to have five cloves of garlic. Um, you're going to get a saucepan. You're going to, um, in that saucepan, combine the finely chopped garlic. You're going to combine the one cup of white wine. Um, you're going to combine the one cup of white wine vinegar which is different, uh, half a cup of water, two tablespoons of sugar, two teaspoons, excuse me, two tablespoons of the following dried basil, dried oregano, and the balsamic vinegar. You're basically going to boil this and it's going to be a hard boil, right? So it's full on boil for about five minutes. You want to make sure the garlic is heated through. You've chopped your tomatoes up into the size that you always see on bruschetta and you're going to pack those into your clean canning jars. This recipe is made for eight ounce jars and this measurement should give you about. Which one is that? Is that the jam jar? That's the jam. That's not the itty bitty one. Which, yeah, that's the one with the cross pattern on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's going to be the second uh, smallest container or jar that you have in the in the canning um, series so you're going to pack your tomatoes in pretty tightly all i'll say regarding the canning pieces you add your liquid in that we basically boiled on the stove and the saucepan and you want to make room for a half inch space for head space Um, and so I, the jar, first jar open had more liquid than I would have ever served bruschetta as. Um, but again, you spoon, I spooned out all of the goodies and put it on my bread. Um, but don't throw that liquid away because that's what I also added to my salad, a regular kind of garden salad. And I also added just a pinch more of olive oil to just move some things around in the salad. I'm just trying to tell you like, oh, I also added some Parmesan cheese when I served it, you know, so bruschetta in a jar i know this is as long as all of my other recipes but that measurement set of measurements and it was nine cups of chopped plum tomatoes is what the the recipe called for it's supposed to make about seven eight ounce jars i don't remember how many i made but i was like i need to organize my my canned stuff because i need to know how many more of these i have the only regret i had was not trying it sooner but then i'm like you know what you know make lemonade out of lemons i now can basically sketch this out where I can eat it maybe once a month, a couple of times a month. And I'll get right back to the point of, I have tomatoes in my garden by now. Highly so, recommended, highly recommended. I almost called you yesterday. Do you remember which version of the book it's in? Yeah. Right here. Is it the first one? I don't know. I, well, I told you that you added an assignment. I'll give you the, the name of it and the link that I bought it under. And you can okay, add it to yeah, the, it's, you can find it in the Amazon link below, which will give us a portion of the uh, proceeds at no extra cost to you. Mm-hmm. So um, in the canning section that we have broken down. <clears throat> um, yeah, if that if it's that good, I'm going to have to give it a shot then because bruschetta is special. That good for a tomato lover. Um, so I, I do. Wanna, I love bruschetta. Yeah. Okay. Well, there it is. And I did add some more seasonings to it once. I, I don't remember how light or... You know, I literally stopped, had bread in my hand, was looking for the book to try to figure out where in the hell I got the recipe from. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, 
it's a game changer, man, for me. There it is. And it's another way to use your tomatoes. Absolutely it is. Going back to the last episode. Absolutely it is. So, I mean, you can see this is how we run our gardens. You know, everything that we've talked about in this show, we try to, and in this series, excuse me, we try to use in our garden and activate and, you know, plan accordingly. And it it works. It does work. You just got to give it a shot, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but I'm with Batavia. Nobody's trying to twist your arm if you don't want to do it. But if you've ever had an inkling to do it, give it a shot. I think it'll be worth your time, don't you? I think so. I mean, there's a part of us that says, especially if you're this far into this episode, you know, we think you're our people and we're yours. So I think we're on the same page here. Yeah, I'll go with it. I'll go with you on that one, too. (laughs) Look, you're on a roll today. I like it. It's the bruschetta, baby. Shoot, I had it with breakfast. (laughs) So if you're going to if you're going to replant your garden, if you're going to harvest something, then think about where you're going, what you're going to put in its place. Mm-hmm. What do you want? What is time appropriate? What do you need to do to get that ground ready for it? Keep it watered, keep it happy, and and most of all, enjoy it. Enjoy the process. Here, here, right. So, look, everybody, if you want to uh, support the show, please check us out on Patreon or check us out on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. We would love to see you there. Leave us a comment, subscribe watch the video there's a bunch of videos on there there's a bunch of podcasts on there and i do want to say something about the recipes of the day real quick please don't email us asking us to send you the recipes you're gonna have to listen to them and write them down because we fly through these things Mm -hmm. it is singly the hardest part of the show coming up with this so we're gonna have to put the hard part on you (laughs) y'all need to keep a pen and paper down and write it down or come back because uh we just can't we can't keep up with that. So here's a tip: it's generally in the last ten minutes of the show. So yeah. if you've listened and then you're thinking like, "Oh, I want to go back to it," ten, fifteen minutes of the show, you know, you can find that recipe. Yeah, you can scan and mm-hmm. find it. So uh, we would love to put it somewhere, but we just we just can't. We don't have time for that. Um, maybe one day. Yeah. Maybe yeah. one day we will. I would love to have a recipe section on the website. Hmm. <laughs> There's a thought. Okay, everybody. Much love. Check us out in all our links and all that good stuff. And um, have fun. Make a plan. Replant. Harvest. And preserve. And cook. And eat. And love. And grow. And learn to grow. And grow for change. Bruschetta! See ya. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. And don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy.
We want everybody to have a garden and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck. We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram and we will share it with our listeners.